Welcome, and thanks for listening to the New Life Christian Ministries podcast. If you'd like more information about New Life or for more podcasts and other media, go to newlifexn.org. Well, good morning. My name is Pastor Brad. I'm the worship arts pastor here at New Life, and uh, it's a great privilege and joy for me to be able to share uh, with you today from the Word of God. And if you're first-time guests with us here today, we're so excited that you're here. We're thankful for, that you're here. We plan for you to be here, and I hope you've enjoyed your experience so far. Uh, but today, we're right in the middle of a six-part series called Heads Up. And through this series, we're learning how, uh, how and why prayer is so crucial for uh, followers of Jesus and, uh, and how to pray effectively. And let me tell you why that's such an important thing for believers The reason prayer is such an important thing for believers is because prayer is ultimately communication. Now, I don't know about you, but I know that in my own life, in my own experience, I know that if I have any uh, relationship in my life, that it, it really rises and falls on communication, doesn't it? Right? A good marriage, like people who have a good marriage, typically have a solid way of communicating with each other. I have yet to see a good marriage where nobody communicates well. I've never seen that before. In fact, I've never even seen good friendships where people don't communicate effectively. And so through this series, what we're learning is how to communicate effectively with God. Because just like in our human relationships, our relationship with God will rise and fall on communication. And that's what we've been looking at through this series. In fact, uh, we've been asking a couple of questions. And one of those questions is this. Um, Number one, does God hear us? And, and is there a formula that we need to follow when it comes to prayer? And the thing that we know that the scripture teaches us is absolutely God hears us when we pray in faith. When we pray in faith, and faith means being sure of the things that we cannot see. So when we pray, believing that God hears us, then God will hear us. But when it comes to the formula question, you know, because we're Americans, right? And most of us, just being humans, we really like to uh, have a formula like A plus B equals C. And I like those ones because they're simple. I don't like the ones where you go A squared plus B equals D3. Like, what does that mean? You know, I was not very good in math. I like things simple. I like it to be this, this equals this. And all of us typically do. So when it comes to prayer, when it comes to communication, we like to know, is there a formula in the scripture for communicating with God? And the answer to that is no. There is no A plus B equals C, but there is a pattern that we see all throughout the scriptures, and Jesus really pointed it out in the gospel of Matthew when one time his disciples said, uh, would you just teach us how to pray? Because you're praying like an incredible way, and we don't know how to pray like that. And so Jesus laid out this, this uh, pattern that we see, and we also see it throughout the Old Testament, and it follows uh, an acronym, and the acronym is ACTS. Everybody say ACTS. Okay? And each one of those letters stands for something. The A stands for adoration. And last week, Pastor Mark did an incredible job of launching us into this pattern by teaching us that adoration is love and respect in action. Adoration is love and respect in action. In other words, what that means is when we communicate with God, when we pray, we need to come to God knowing that he loves us and we love him. And we need to come to him in love. And then Mark said, fearful respect. And what that means is this, that we respect God for his authority and we love God for who he is as our creator and for what he's done. And therefore, we proclaim that to him. And in other words, we adore him when we put our love 
and respect together. And then at the beginning of this series, Pastor Chris explained on what all the other letters mean, and the C stands for confession. That's what we're going to talk about today. Next week, we're going to talk about Thanksgiving. The following week, we'll talk about supplication. And supplication, all that means is praying for our needs, okay? That's, that's all supplication is. And then we've, we've added an extra week uh, because there's another part in, in, in Scripture that makes clear that we need to, to do and participate in, and that's called intercession. So just like supplication is praying for our needs, intercession is praying for others' needs. And so uh, today, as I said, we're part three. We're going to talk about confession, and we're going to dig right in here. So if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it up to Psalm chapter 32. If you have a smartphone, you have a Bible, which is an incredible thing. And, and here's the deal. I want to encourage you strongly to get your Bibles out and to mark up a few things today uh, because I believe God's going to speak to all of us. But I believe there's some things that we're going to want to underline and make sure that we take home and, and begin to live out in our lives. So Psalm 32, and we're going to dig in today. So confession. How, how many of you have ever heard this? Confession is good for the soul. How many of you know that that comes from the scripture? It does. In fact, we're going to see it today as we look at this passage that was written by a guy named King David. Now, King David was probably the greatest king of Israel, aside from, from Jesus, who's the ultimate king of Israel. But, but David was, is the best and most well-known king. In fact, the scripture says that David was a man after God's own heart. And let me tell you why that encourages me. Because the scripture also tells me that David made really bad decisions. In fact, the scripture points out that David, uh, one time he, he slept with another man's wife. That was a, that's a bad decision right there. Um, he took a census when God told him not to take a census. And, and David just, you know, sometimes he ran away um, from God in fear of God. And I can relate to some of that, Right? Just like we all can. You see, because David was a screwed up person. But the scripture says that he was a man after God's heart, which encourages me. Because when David went through these experiences, he would write them down. And that's what we have today. And that's what we're going to look at today. Because David went through an experience, and then he wrote these words. And here's how it starts. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sin is put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of guilt, whose lives are lived in complete honesty. So David begins this passage by saying that there is joy for those who have been forgiven. There is joy for those who have been forgiven, whose guilt is wiped clean. He says, yes, what joy surrounds those who've been cleared of guilt. And man, how true is that? How many, of us, how many of us actually want joy in our life, right? You don't have to raise your hand, but if you do, you're probably honest. We all do, right? We want to experience joy in our lives. I don't know anybody who wants to experience sadness in their life. I don't think anybody truly wants to do that. People always want to experience joy. And we, and we want that in our lives. But, but what happens in our relationships? Just think about it with relationships with people, okay? Somebody you're close with. Right, you, you're, you're in a relationship with this person and uh, you do something, you make a bad decision and it hurts the relationship. Let's say you said something you shouldn't have said, okay? I've done this several times and it hurts people. And then what happens? That relationship gets, you ready for this? That relationship gets wonky, right? Yeah, that's a cool word, isn't it? I love that word. You can look it up, it's real. Pastor Chris confirmed it last night. I was praying that it was real, all right? <laughs> 
<laughs> it just sounded cool. But anyway, our relationship with God gets wonky, and what that means is it gets off, right? Because, because we do something to offend God, and we know that we've done something. And what happens in that moment, just like it does in human relationships, the relationship gets off because we feel guilty. But David said there is joy when there is forgiveness. Because what forgiveness does is forgiveness brings that, that wonky relationship and puts it right again. That's what forgiveness does. But forgiveness only happens through confession. So confession is the key to getting our relationship with God right and keeping it right. And what David said is there is joy in confession because the result is the forgiveness of sin and a right relationship with God. So we can experience that joy. Then he continues on and he says in verse 3, when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. So you see, David's giving us a little bit, a little bit of a peek into his life, right? David, David was probably a, a kind of a type A guy, you know, um, and he, because we can see he refused to confess, and he probably didn't think he was wrong in some cases, but, but something started to happen where, where he, he knew he did something wrong, and he refused to confess, and then he says something pretty incredible, that his body actually began to hurt, now, some of you, you know what I'm talking about here because you've experienced this, where you've done something and, and you didn't come right out and, you know, come clean with it. And so a day passed and then a week passed and then a month and a year and maybe even several years. And what begins to happen is we kind of put on guilt like a wet blanket. And then we just keep putting on blankets and, and it just gets really, really heavy on our souls, until someday we, we, we stop and we look back. We don't think we could take any more. And we look at our lives and we say, I, I can't do this. I'm going to break. And it all came down to one simple little confession that needed to be made. But after years of unconfession, it becomes a burden and it hurts. And, and I love the picture that David gives. Now, how many of you have ever gone out into a, a really hot summer day, it worked in your yard all day, okay? That happens three times here in Western PA. How many of you have taken the chance, okay? All right, I, I, I do that sometimes, and, and some of you guys, you know, you, you take your shirts off. I don't take my shirt off because I don't want to show off. Um, it's just incredible six-pack under there. It just <laughs> takes faith to believe it, but anyway... But, but, but here's, here's the deal, right? You, you've been working all day and the sun beats down on you. And, and it's just, I mean, the sun beats down on me right here right now. And it hurts, you know, and, and, and it's really, really hot. And you come inside and you are just exhausted, right? You ever experienced that? You're just, you're just tired. That's what David says happens when we have unconfession in our life. That we're going to walk around just beat down like that. Our body is going to hurt. And the reason for that is because there is a burden that is on us. There is a burden of guilt that is on us. And, and our brains actually put out this chemical that hurt our bodies because of that guilt. Because there's unconfession in our life. But David says, he doesn't stop there, thank God. He keeps going and he says there is hope. Look at verse 5. Finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone. 
You see, when we confess our sin to God and we stop trying to run and hide from him, we have a release in that moment where God releases that guilt. And I love what David says. He says that all our guilt is gone because we confess and God forgives. And in that moment, we can understand just how deep the river of God's grace really is. When we finally stop running and we confess our sin to God, there is freedom. Now, what happens if we don't? If we continue to, to live in verse 4, where we continue to, re, to, to refuse to confess, well, David's son Solomon actually said something about that in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13. Here's what he said. He said, people who conceal their sin, people who conceal their sin will not prosper. People who conceal their sin will not prosper. But if they confess, okay, if if, it's a conditional statement, if they confess and turn from them, they will receive mercy. You see, what Solomon was pointing out is exactly what his father David said, is that when we come to God, when we stop concealing our sin, when we stop trying to run and hide from God, when we come right out and say, God, I've sinned, I'm broken, I need you, when we confess our sin to God, he forgives us. There is forgiveness there. And all of our guilt is gone. But if we remain and refuse to confess, we will not prosper. And we all want to prosper. We want to experience success in our life. But if we conceal our sin, we will not prosper. David continues on in Psalm 32, verse 6. He says, Therefore, let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. You see, what David does is he says, okay, I, I was not confessing, and then finally I stopped running and I confessed. But guys, listen, here's something I want you to know, David is saying. And he's saying this, you need to confess today. Because you know, this life that we have from the day we're born until the day we die, this is all we get. And this life compared to eternity is minuscule. In fact, the scripture for, refers to our life as a mist that's here in the morning and gone by mid-morning, by mid really early afternoon. That's what our life is like compared to eternity. So what David is saying is this, that the decisions we make now matter for eternity. So if you've been putting off confessing your sin to God or confessing that Jesus really is the Lord and Savior of the world, if you keep putting that off and putting that off, then something's going to happen, David says, that we will drown in the floodwaters of judgment. Now, here's, here's something that the, teacher teaches, the, the Scripture teaches us that we need to be afraid of. In fact, the Scripture pretty much makes clear that we, we don't need to be afraid of, of human enemies because really there's only one thing humans need to be afraid of, and that is the wrath of God. Because the wrath of God will be poured out on all unrighteousness, on all unbelief, on all disobedience against God. The wrath, of, or the wrath of God will be poured out on that. That's what the Apostle Paul said. So what does that mean? That means that we will drown in the floodwaters of judgment unless we confess that Jesus is Lord and confess our sin to God, that our relationship with God might be made right and not wonky. All right? 
So, continuing on, David says uh, in verse 7, For you are my hiding place. You protect me from trouble. You surround me with songs of victory. Now, this is just an incredible thing because whenever we see this kind of thing in Scripture, we need to lean into it a little bit because what David is doing is he's describing God in this moment. He's saying God is like this. This is what God is. It's God's character to do these things. So what does he say? Well, first he says that God is a hiding place, right? God is a hiding place. Now, how many of you have ever played tag before? You ever played tag, freeze tag, or you know, um, laser tag. I like laser tag. I think that's cool. Okay, you've played tag, right? You, what's the goal of tag? Not getting caught, right? You want to run. You don't want to, you certainly don't want to be the guy that's it, right? You want to run. You want to hide. And when you've got somebody trying to get you, all you want to do is you want to hide. You want a safe place to be where that person cannot find you. And what God is for us, when we come to him and we confess, we run into his arms and he becomes for us a safe place, a hiding place. In fact, I love what the New Testament says. The Apostle Paul, he says that when we confess that Jesus is our Lord and our Savior, that we are hidden with Christ in God. It's it's an incredible thing where God just wraps us up and he forgives our sin and he keeps us and protects us from the enemy. God becomes for us a hiding place when we confess that he is Lord and when we confess our sins to him. And then the other thing that he does is he protects us. He protects us really from harming ourselves more. And I'll I'll illustrate it by telling you this story. It's getting close to my heart, y'all. Okay, so here we go. One time I was in eighth grade. One time, okay? That's a win for me. Okay, one time I was in eighth grade, and uh, I made a really bad decision. I, uh, I made a purchase at school <laughs> that I shouldn't have made, and uh, it was a little thing called a, you guys all have in your mind what you think it is. It was a cigarette, okay? You're all like, it was weed, wasn't it? No, <laughs> it was not. Never touched the stuff. But I, I did buy a cigarette, okay? And if you're a preteen or a teenager in here, don't you ever do this, Okay? I bought a cigarette at school. I wanted to try it out. I've, I'd heard lots of things, and uh, I thought it'd be cool. So I bought the cigarette, went home. I was going to smoke it that night, but I couldn't because it was a downpour uh, outside. And I, somebody's watching over me in that moment, I guess. But, uh, so I hid the, the cigarette up at the top of my, my closet. And I thought, well, I'll smoke it tomorrow night, um, you know, if I have time. So, so uh <laughs> So I go to school the next day, and I'm sitting in my, my uh, I think it was eighth period history class, and I'll never forget this, because Mrs. Alio was my teacher, and she was a great lady, and, uh, and I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, our assistant principal came to the door. Now, everybody knows, the principal gets the glory, the assistant principal gets the grunt work, right? Like, like the assistant, and if you're a principal in here, we love you, okay? We really do. But if you're an assistant principal in here, you understand what I'm saying, right? So, so you, you have to do the discipline part. Right, and so, so this guy, whenever he would come into a room, I loved it, because he would just do this. The dude, I'm telling you, was like 10 feet tall, and he's like 700 pounds. He just was huge to me. And he, he came in, and he would do this. He'd look at you, and he'd point, and he'd go like this, and he'd say your last name, right? And you knew, busted, 
right? So, so it was great. So he came to the door, and I'm sitting here like, oh, man, who's going down today? Because here, you need to understand something about me. I was an angel. <laughs> Why are y'all laughing? I'm, I'm serious. I was, a good, I was a good kid, wasn't I, Mom? You keep, you just zip. Okay. It's a pleasure to be able to work with my mom here on staff because I get to do things like this. But anyway, um, so, so I, was a, I was a pretty good kid. Never been in trouble before. Um, and, and so I thought, man, somebody's going down and it ain't me. So, so uh, I'm sitting here and all of a sudden he looks back at me and he points and he says, French. And I was like, am I getting an award? <laughs> I'm telling you guys, I, was, I must have been arrogant. I don't know. <clears throat> so anyway... So I'm walking uh, out with him, and, and uh, as we're walking down the hall, I look up at him. I look up to everybody, guys, because God made me a little short. But, so I look, up, I look up to him, and I, I said, you know, Mr. Carrico, uh, am I in trouble? And he said, I don't know yet. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh. You know, in that moment, my heart went from, like, this is awesome to out of my body. You know, and, and all of a sudden, my, my hands were ice cold, and we get into his office, and I'll never forget this. I mean, I was a young teenager, and any time somebody like an adult gets behind a desk and looks you right in the eyes as a teenager, you know you're in trouble. So, so I'm looking him in the eyes and he's looking at me and he says to me, French, did you, buy, did you buy a cigarette at school yesterday? At that point, I had no more heart. It was gone. <laughs> Out of my body somewhere in, in the universe. And uh, I had a choice to make in that moment. I could do one of two things. I could lie and say, what you talking about? You know, I could do that. Or I could say, you know what, um, yeah, I did. I did. And I chose the second option because, you know, I, I was scared of authority. I'll be honest with you. I was scared of authority. And I, I wanted to, to be truthful in that moment uh, because I had a great mom who taught me that if you lie, bad things happen, you know. And so I said yes. And then he said something terrifying. He said, well, I'm going to have to call your mother. This has never happened in my life, guys. Like, I know some of you, your mom got called every day. This, this never happened for me, ever, okay? So I'm like dead. Body's cold as ice, everything. So, so I said, okay. So he picks up the phone. And my mom was so nice to him. I could hear her on that line. Thank you, Mr. Carrico. You know, we'll look into it. And, and I thought, oh, man, I hope she is like that when I get home. So, so I got home, went in the basement. My room was in the basement, so I could go in the bottom door and right into my room. It was very convenient. And I went into my room. Nothing happened. And I thought, maybe they're not going to say anything, you know. And uh, then all of a sudden, I hear the door open, and I hear the steps, you know, the, the foot, footsteps coming down the steps. And, and uh, I hear somebody open the, the dryer door like they're doing laundry. And I thought, well, maybe they're doing laundry, you know, and uh, then I hear my dad's voice. For some reason, my mom and dad were home at the same time. I probably know why now. But anyway, so my dad says, Bradley, <laughs> my dad's a man of few words. I came out. He said, you're not smoking. And he turned and walked away. <laughs> and I thought, yes. I was like, you got it, dad, you know. And, and then, but there's my mom. She's looking at me like this. You know, you know that look? Anybody ever have that from your mom? Right? She's looking at me like this, and, or maybe your dad, whoever. And she's looking at me, and she, <laughs> she said something so mean. She said to me, I would expect this from your brother, Michael. <laughs> I was like, come on! Man, 
that. She knew right where to hit me, you know? And I was like, I ain't smoking ever again because I'm just mad right now, you know? <laughs> but she, she, uh, th- then, then she pursued to ground me for six weeks, which I'm still working through. <laughs> I'm not bitter about that, but the minute I can ground my kids, I'm doing it. So uh, <laughs> they can thank their grandma for that. So, so in that moment, you know, my, my, I had a choice to tell my parents what, what I did, and, and I did, and, and I got grounded, and there were consequences. But, but I tell you that story because in that moment, it could have been so much worse because the school actually could have pressed charges against me. Now, I know it was a cigarette, but they had a, no, they had a zero tolerance policy at, at my school. That means if you had any kind of tobacco, any kind of alcohol, any kind of weapon, even in your vehicle, you, they call the cops on you. But do you know that when I confessed my sin, Mr. Carrico had mercy on me. And he didn't call the cops. He called somebody way worse, my mom. <laughs> Actually, she's the sweetest lady. You'd never believe she grounded me for six weeks, but she did. She's really mean under that, all that sweetness. But... um. Uh, <laughs> I'll probably pay for that one later. Uh, <laughs> but, it, but, but here's the deal. It could have been so much worse. And when we confess our sin to God, he keeps us from it being worse. Because he's our hiding place. He's our protector. And then he does this incredible thing, and I love this. He surrounds us with songs of victory. Now, I was really hoping to experience that this year when I put on a fake seventh ring on my finger and the Steelers won the, seventh, you know, the Super Bowl, and I was going to celebrate. But do you, know, do you know what happens in that moment? What do you do? When, when your favorite team of whatever sport that you like, and if you don't like sports, pretend that you do, and, and your favorite team wins, what do you do? Yeah! Right? shakalaka, right? Don't you do, you got to say something cool because your team just won, right? Do you know when we confess our sin to God, God comes around us and he goes, yes, 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 yes. Because now our relationship can be made right. Now we can go deeper. Now we can get something done because there isn't this wall of sin in the way. So guys, when we confess our sin, God becomes our hiding place. He's our protector. And he comes up and he says, yes, yes, come on. It's an incredible thing when we confess our sin to God. Then David continues on and he says, speaking for the Lord, two things that God will do if we confess our sin to him. Okay, anytime in the scripture we see the Lord says in the two words, I will, it's a promise from God. It's a promise from God. And here are two promises. If we'll confess our sin to God, we will receive these two two things from the Lord. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. How many of us need that? We all do. I've tried to follow the best pathway for my life and I bought a cigarette. Okay? Okay. Now, that's kind of funny, but I've also done other stupid things that I should have never done that were way worse than that, and so have you. We can't follow the best pathway. We need a guide. 
And God will provide that for us if we confess our sin to him. And then he says, I will advise you and watch over you. So God makes two promises. He will guide us and he will advise us. He will guide us and he will advise us. When we confess our sin, he becomes our hiding place, our protector. He's singing songs of victory around us. And then he says, great, yes, now, come on, come on, come on, come on, this way. And he guides us and he advises us. And he tags on, he says in verse 9, do not be like a senseless horse or mule that needs a bit and bridle to keep it under control. So God says, once you confess, let's go, let's move on, let's keep going, come on. Come on, come on. He's singing songs of victory, guys, around us. It's incredible. It's incredible. Verse 10, David says, Many sorrows come to the wicked, but unfailing love surrounds those who trust the Lord. Many sorrows come to the wicked, but guys, God's unfailing love wraps around us when we trust him when we confess that he's our Lord and Savior, and when we confess our sin to him. And then David closes this psalm by saying, so, so, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad. All you obey him. Shout for, everybody say it, joy. Shout for All you whose hearts are pure. You see what David did? He started with joy. He ends with joy. Right in the middle, he says, confess. If we want joy in our life, we have to live lives of confession, daily confession before the Lord. Because just as in human relationships where we need to say, I did this, I'm sorry. And sometimes if you're married and you're a guy, you have to do that every hour. Whenever you do that, You're putting your relationship right. And when we do that with God, we do that and we put our relationship right with him. But here's the deal, guys. It all starts with Jesus. It all starts with Jesus. You see, because God knew that we couldn't live this life the way that God intended us to live this life. We couldn't meet his standard. He knew we were going to do him wrong, which we all do. It's called sin. So he sent Jesus, his only son, into the world to live this life that we couldn't live and to die a death we should have died. And then three days later, he did something incredible. He raised Jesus back to life by his power. And then the scripture says that Jesus overcame sin and death and now offers us his life. And the apostle Paul said, that's when, as we confess that he lived the life we couldn't live, died the death we should have died, and he now has the power to give us life. When we confess that he's our Lord and he's our Savior because we can't do it, when we confess him, that's when we are hidden with Christ in God. That's when God becomes our hiding place, our protector, and he sings song, songs of victory over and around us. So I don't know where you're at in your life today. Maybe this is your first time in a church for a long time. I'm really glad you're here today because you need to know that God loves you and he will accept you into his family if you will confess that Jesus, his son, is the Lord and Savior of your life. Maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time and your relationship with God, it's wonky right now. In fact, wonky isn't even a word. It's really screwed up. I want you to know that today, if you will just confess, God will restore you. 
your relationship with him will be made right. Now listen, you're still going to heaven even if your relationship is wonky. I want to be clear about that. If you've trusted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've confessed him, you're going to heaven, but your life could be so much more if you'll confess your sin daily. So what I want to do right now is give you an opportunity to close your eyes, bow your heads, and just between you and Jesus in this moment, what is it that you need to confess to him? What is it that you need to give to him today? Because I want to tell you what the Apostle John said. The Apostle John said this, as you're thinking and you're reflecting right now with your eyes closed and your heart and mind open, hear the words of the Apostle John. Here's what he said. If we claim we have no sin, we are only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But if we confess our sins to him, that is to God, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. So in a moment, as you pray to God and as we pray together, I want you to remember and hear that, that when you confess your sins to God, he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of all, 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 all our wickedness, our unrighteousness, our rebellion against God. So in this moment, between you and him, would you just confess? Maybe for the first time, he's your savior or whatever it is you need to give to him. Just give it to him now, Jesus. Thank you for being resurrected for us. Thank you that we can trust you and put our faith in you, that we can confess our sin and that you are faithful and just to forgive us. Thank you that you surround us. Thank you that you wipe away our guilt and you forgive us and we can live in a right relationship with you. Jesus, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you that you loved us enough beyond our screw-ups, beyond our brokenness, into your perfect love that we get to experience as we confess today that you are the Lord and the Savior of our lives and that you want to have a relationship with us where we communicate with you daily made right with you. God, thank you for this. In Jesus' name, amen. As we go out of here today and think about communicating with God on a daily basis, it starts with adoration, but quickly moves into confession.
so that our relationship with God can be made right and he can speak to us. So the commitment for today is just simply that. It says this. I will confess my sins daily to God this week. Confession is good for the soul. That's what King David said. That's what Jesus said. That's what God wants for us. So let's do it daily as we communicate to him.